Loading artists Audio inside Loading artists Audio inside Oh, it's Artcast, it's Artcast, it's Artcast Yeah, yeah, yeah Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care Loading artists Audio inside Loading artists Audio inside So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too Adjust your volume, it's Artcast Philip J. Mellon welcomes you, so sit back, oh yeah, it's Artcast, loading artists, audio inside, loading artists, audio inside, Well, welcome to Oddcast, Meg. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. My first question is, when did you fall in love with art or feel like you became an artist? Um, well, I have, I come from a, a family of artists and art historians. So I never had to, you know, like go out of um, my background in order to find art. And anything that I did, um, my parents were incredibly supportive of. I mean, everything that I made, they, they tapped up on the refrigerator. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, but I, I also have a really clear memory that just came to me, um, you know, like a few weeks ago. Uh, I was thinking about how when I was in second grade, um, I fell quite earnestly in love with a boy who was in fourth grade and therefore in the class room upstairs. My classroom was downstairs. And I really struggled to figure out how to tell him how much I loved him. Um, and so every day I made him a drawing. Wow. And I know, <laughs> you know, and they were so like, to me, they were so powerful. And to me, they were also like, well, of course, he's going to understand everything that I feel and everything that I'm trying to say when he gets these cards and when he gets them every day, like it will, it's my gift to him, but it's also um, my way of speaking to him. And yeah. um, and that went on, I think, probably for, I don't know, maybe it was three weeks. I have no idea. And finally, I got called into the principal's office and the principal said, you know, this, this really isn't okay. Um, but um, the boy was very sweet about it. So um, I realized in retrospect, that, I, that art making for me has always been this really symbolic and powerful way of, of trying to express um, myself, but also um, in lieu of words, you know, like yeah. a, a powerful nonverbal way of, of sharing um, this sort of deep desire. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it came up because I was telling my, my oldest son um, about it. 
he he thought it was just terribly embarrassing. So. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, that's interesting because I feel like um, somehow, like the installation, that's uh, the sample narrative. Yes. To me, it, it's. I'm glad you told that story just now because I feel like those very well could have been those letters, like how they're assembled, but each piece can be taken away from their their family members, so to speak, of other pieces of art, like the works or the drawings or what have you. Yeah, I think that's true. I like. I really like um, working in a series, so that. Um, so that there's a conversation that develops among the work, and then the whole thing feels like it becomes this rich and powerful um, entity of its own. And I like how yeah. things can be removed from it, and you can, you know, sort of interact with those pieces individually, but also they're part of a larger narrative. I mean, I guess that's true probably for for every artist, whether they yeah. see that they're whether they feel like they're working in a series or whether over a long period of time one sees their development um, in a serial way. Yeah. Are you ready for another question? Yeah, sure. Okay. How important is formal art training to an artist? Um, you know, I know a lot of artists who did not go to art school. Um, and I... I don't know. I mean, I I had a when I was applying to graduate school, there was a critic who was in my studio, and he begged me not to go to graduate school. He said, you know, that um, you will feel like you need to create a body of work um, that that is. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said. He was basically saying, you will be forced to make the same work over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I thought a lot about that before I went to graduate school, but I really needed the time and the space um, to say, I'm going to take this, these two years and dedicate myself to these two years. Um, and And I think, you know, that there is a... A danger, you know, in um, maybe in sort of like becoming part of this system, you know, of um, of academia, right. um, and that the most important thing is to just keep working and keep keep developing yourself and being really honest to yourself. So, I do notice that people who do not go to art school are perhaps not as used to um, the idea of of speaking really critically about each other's work. I think that's that's really helpful in graduate school to, to separate oh, yourself you. from your work and and um you know the idea of the critique is really helpful. How do you get yourself out of creative block? I work and work and work. Um I think the only way to get out of a creative block is just to work. Um and I think it's also, um, you know, sometimes it's really helpful to go around and and look at work and go to other people's studios, but sometimes you just need to hole up and, and figure it out on your own and slog through it. I think there's an incredible amount of faith 
um, that you need to have in yourself. And luckily, you know, if you're in a strong community of artists, whether it's, you know, friends or people online, you can, you know, remind each other that it's really important just to keep going if you're feeling, you know, in a slump because, of course, that happens to everybody. Um, but my latest sort of mantra is um, is don't stop, keep going. I have that written up on my studio wall because a lot of times when I stop, either literally stopping working in the middle of the studio um, chunk of time, like stopping working on a particular painting, or stopping the... Um, stopping the routine of working every day, um, that's when I think doubt can creep in, you know. And I oh, think yeah. It's great just to keep working and then um, and then feel... I also sometimes play tricks with myself in the studio, and one of the tricks that I play is before I leave um, the studio, I think about what it is that I'm going to do when I come in the next day. Um, yeah. And I don't always stick to that because a lot of times I come in the next day and I have a totally different opinion. But I have a starting place that's already formulated in my mind. So um, so I come in that way. And that's, you know, that's just one of the tricks to make sure that everything can be as fluid as possible. My next question is, what's the most experimental thing you've done to a work? Um... I I um I destroy work if it doesn't um if it doesn't if it doesn't seem to be manifesting itself. Um right. so I've ripped things up and turned them into other things. Um I have you know, I I I like experimenting with materials. I guess um sometimes for me that idea of like if something feels like it's really not working then sometimes through the act of what I assume is going to be destroying the work something else happens altogether and I find a new way to go back into it so I'm not sure if that's exactly what you're asking um, I don't, I've never lit a work of art on fire I don't think but um, <laughs> <laughs> but if I felt like it was going to turn into something interesting I guess I would now, for cutting some of the shapes that you have in some of your work, do you actually use traditional scissors, or is there? Um, I use scissors and exacto blades. Um, I um, that's you know that's sort of whatever really I have on hand. Um, a lot of times when I'm when I was cutting, it wasn't like a pre-planned thing. When I was cutting out the forms. Um, in the work, I had an idea for for how um, the shapes might relate to some of the images that were coming in the painting already. So, yeah. um, but I was trying to cut just like one would um, paint, you know, like without a, a sort of pre-planned line that I was cutting along, you know, so that it was really direct. Right. Um... Would you say it was lyrical in some way? Lyrical? Yeah, like just sort of linear, um, like a, a very fluid? Yes. Yes, I do think so. 
So what feeds your work more? Would you say your other work, looking at art or life or something other than those things? Um, all of it, you know, and, and it comes in cycles. Sometimes I so appreciate being part of this the history of art making, and I love going to the Met, um, and I really, really appreciate going to the studios of other artists and seeing what they're yeah. going with, um, being part of that kind of larger conversation makes me feel really connected, and it makes me feel like my work is really connected also. Um, but I also recently um, found a bunch of sketchbooks and journals that I had um, kept over the years. They were all stored away in a box, and I thought the box held something else, and I opened it up, and it was this funny um, and touching kind of gift because in some of the pages, even from when, you know, sketches that I was making when I was 18 or 21 or 24, there are a lot of recurring interests um, and and a, a lot of the same kind of concerns. So that that's funny, you know, that's, so that was sort of like going back and seeing that um, my old work is still informed with the same kind of um, questions that I'm trying to answer, and then that, you know, sort of um, fed a new body of work. So it, it it really can be anything, other people's studios or my own work or um, or being part of the larger conversation of art making. Or poetry. Yeah. You know, I really love poetry. Um, and And there was a while where I felt like perhaps I was going to be a poet, and strangely, I felt like I had to choose between being a poet or a painter. There are so many people who can do both and who can do both fantastically. Um, But for me, I felt like it had to be a choice either way. But I I still, for me, poetry relates so much to painting in the way that that you, um, the economy of of words and the economy. Yeah you know, of painting and the whole editing process. Um, so I like to read poetry. Can you use three to five words to describe your work? That is a really hard question for me because I feel like once I once I choose specific words that I'm that I'm somehow containing the work or or categorizing it or being too literal with it. Um and I'm primarily an abstract artist, and I really like that place where you're operating um, outside of language, and you're um, you're asking people to to kind of trust in their interpretation of um, of form and of feeling, and and in the object and in the illusion. So, if I were to choose five words, they would have to be five words that were um, that were somehow coded, you know, that were in a code that you would have to unlock in order to find the meaning. Um, you know, maybe five words in Pig Latin or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> or um, did you ever learn ob language when you were a kid? I'm sorry? Did you ever learn ob language? It's kind of like Pig Latin. Like, no. Uh, well, uh, Aben, 
Abilabujavan, Abin Abin Abab Chabak. That's exactly that's my sentiment. <laughs> so anyway, here here goes. If you don't mind, I have a couple of words. No, go for it. Okay, so I feel like I've been seeing a lot of work in in musical uh, terms or or how they relate to music in some way. Um, but so after looking at the work, I I felt that they're acoustic. Mm. As like pretty traditionally, like as an unplugged. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, cool. And then uh, archaeology. Yeah. Yeah, like like going back through time and mining something. Yeah. Yeah, and totally, uh, especially the uh, sample narrative installation. Yeah. And it, it's almost like each each piece that makes the whole is kind of laid out by the person that unearthed them, you know, after oh. they're dusted off and just to show what, you know, the finding for the, for the, the dig. That's beautiful. Yeah. Maybe you should start writing artist statements for people. <laughs> <laughs> Can't write my own. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. It's much easier to talk about somebody else's work. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there was, um, just the, the, I made some notes about various trigger words, but um, l reading the little, the, the essay on the Parallel Art Space website. Oh, yes. About your show. Yeah. And it's a very interesting, it, it's it's very long, um, but it, it really goes into the history of some of your history with, with, you know, as it relates to making. Yes. And because of all of that, I feel like, you know, what, uh, an aspect of what you do seems to be a collaboration with the past and, 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 you know, taking that to, to a new layer. I think that makes that's, sense. that's definitely true. Yes, you're right. And I, um, I used to think about painting as this sort of like weird place where you could work out, um, both old regrets and kind of like, um, longing or um, or possible regrets for the future. I don't know. It all sounds very negative. Um, and that was, you know, sort of the way that I thought about my work maybe 15 or 17 years ago. And I, I don't yeah. think about it so much that way now. But I do um, definitely think that um, in this project, I was really trying – not trying. I really felt like a part of – um, the insistence of this project in my yeah. the creative self was about all of this stuff in the past and kind of trying to make sense of it, but also like the material choices um, and and the action of of um, doing certain things to the work and the choices of what materials um, I was actually painting with, not just on, but using the fabric dyes and the beeswax. Yeah. Um, all seemed really like out of necessity to come from this um, this historical narrative. So I yeah, I love it. I really, I think it's so apparent, and especially after reading the essay, it was just. And I'll uh, I'll try to get a link in the blog for that. Yeah, it's Enrico wrote a great essay. He's a really good writer. Um, and I really appreciated having that there. Um, yeah. But then there's that other question about, 
how much you know how much do you do you talk about that like how much do you talk about the conceptual kind of beginnings of the work or what the conceptual thrust is of the work and how much do you let the viewer figure out on their own and i, yeah. I know yeah. work that i like to look at the most allows me that space to kind of figure it out you know like i I like having to put things together. I, I don't like work which is either too literal on its own or when it's presented in a way where I, I have only, um, I have one person's kind of reading of it, you know? So I yeah. appreciate the fact that you that you liked the essay and you didn't feel like it was too much, but you felt like it gave you oh, to go back and look at it. I mean, the backstory is amazing, and, and it really... It's it's it just it brought clarity basically. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, it like with the work and and the essay just seemed to belong together. There wasn't okay. any kind of restriction or or boundaries put on like the work's potential. You know. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. And you know, another thing about the history of that is, uh, I just feel like you know, it has this thread and it has this lineage from that, and it, you, I feel like you're working with the significance that to you and you're continuing to work in that like you're creating a new tradition out of the old yeah well that's very nice and I'm still struggling with that same stuff in the studio right now I'm I'm still I'm still working with cloth and string and cardboard and then I'm still making these paintings and that are huge on felt and like it's the same the same kind of interest, um, and I have a feeling it will occupy me for a while. Um, but of course, you know, you have to be careful what you say because I know what's going to happen in the studio. I, I think um, as soon as something is said, too, you know, even though I, we're, we're talking a lot about words, but um, which is almost <laughs> against what you, you know, your philosophy on some things, but. Um, and rightfully so. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you solidify something with, with a thought or a word, it immediately becomes something else. I know. And it, those words, you know, almost on its own, like it becomes something else. Like that the words are no longer reflective of the piece itself, you know, any more than they were a second ago. I know. I totally agree. I know. It's also, you know, sometimes I say something, I find myself talking to another friend who's an artist and saying, oh, I'm just, I'm never going to paint a portrait again. And then the next thing I know, in my sketchbook, I'm sketching, you know, some kid who's in my son's basketball practice, and that's all I, all I want to do. So it's like, yeah, words are, words are words, and, you know, like, we just have to follow what we're, what we're supposed to do in the, as artists, you know. That sounds good. Right. You know what I mean. And um, some of the uh, – I'm, I'm having a hard time with remembering certain things today. Oh, the paper tapestries. Yes. Which uh, you have one at the pair uh, – in the pair show at Proto Gallery right now. Yes, yes. Which was cool to see, and I saw some more on your website. And it's funny how much they – I don't mean I, – I, I'm talking a lot, I know. <laughs> oh, that's great. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, sure. But um, – they, they, you know, as a whole, they kind of remind me of like they could be something worn, which is just interesting because I feel like that's 
to me that makes sense in seeing your other work too. Yes, they look they look a little bit like kimonos or flattened out clothes. Um, yeah. And they also um, look a little bit sort of urban and architectural. And um, right now I'm really interested in boxes. Um, and I'm working a lot with boxes that are opened up. And those have the same kinds of shapes that the paper tapestries do. Um, the cool. paper the paper tapestries that I started making because they are a um, – they're really a byproduct of working with um, the beeswax and the fabric dye because when you paint with beeswax on paper or on canvas or whatever, um, you can choose for the beeswax to stay on the surface, which is not very um, – uh, what's the word? It, it, it's – it's not that it's not archival, but it's kind of iffy, you know, like if there's a if the temperature gets really warm or really cold, the wax can drip or it can crack. So it's not very stable. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's not okay. very stable. And so you can instead iron the wax off. And the paper tapestries are made on butcher paper where I'm ironing off um, all of the gestures the tainted gestures in the work that were made with the wax and the dye stuck to the wax. So it's like a printing process or... Yeah, um, like a transfer kind of? Exactly. It's like a transfer. And I have rolls and rolls and rolls of this stuff in the studio. And so as a kind of side project, when I was stuck on one thing, I would start making paper yeah. tapestries um, out of the other now, the the papers in that that you transferred the wax onto yes you yes. so the the image would be flipped then no exactly the image is reversed and then i choose to paint on top of that surface again so yeah. you know sometimes there's one paper tapestry which is just the raw paper with the wax on it and that's kind of its own you know thing of beauty and then there's another one which is primarily black but the wax um, still acts as a resist on the surface of the paper. So it's just nice. a, a whole, it's it's really kind of a recycled studio um, practice, which I like because I like taking, you know, all of that stuff and kind of making something new out of it. Cool. I have a um, couple more questions. Okay. And this one I really recently fell in love with as as far as, uh, a question, but anyway, how do you feel the computer or the internet helps or hurts an artist? Um, I I don't really feel like it can hurt an artist. Um, you know, I um, did not grow up as an artist with a computer, so it it, it was completely not in my um, artistic world at all. But um, I like to take photographs of work as it develops. And yeah. sometimes I like to even take photographs of work while it's um, – take photographs of, like, like, zoom in on sections of paintings that I think are really fabulous and wouldn't it be great if I just made this painting, which is <laughs> inside the painting. And then recently <clears throat> I downloaded them all onto the computer and then had somebody print them um, at a really large scale, and then I worked back on top of them. 
So I think oh, that's cool. just, yeah, I mean, and that's like, I haven't shown any of those. It's just something that's developing. But I really, I mean, you can use anything as a creative tool. So I don't, I also, you know, I mean, I love that, um, I love the immediacy of seeing what people are working on, on, you know, any kind of social platform. I like looking at people's Instagram pictures and I like looking at Facebook and um, seeing people, people's posts. Um, yeah. And I think, um, you know, I mean, of course there are things like you can't really see somebody's work online. You really have no idea what the surface is. Um, yeah. You have no idea what the physicality is until you see it. And some people's work looks great on a screen and some people's work suffers on a screen. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's just reality. But in terms of just kind of, you know, the, the access to an artistic community and, and seeing what people are working on, I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I feel like my, my ideas on that are changing a little bit. I take, I take horrible photographs of my work and, uh, and when I post them, I always, you know, I'm always sort of cringing a little, but I, on the flip side, I feel like, well, you know, they just have to see them in person, you know, right. the, the images are just the sort of a, a hint or a tease in some way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there, there can't be any, there, I don't think that you can expect to understand somebody's work by seeing it on a screen. I just, yeah. and there's, there's, you know, some really big surprises when you see somebody's work, you know, in person and the way that it looked on the screen. So so I have, um, I'm curious, you mentioned something about these sketchbooks and do you still sketch now at all? Or I do. Yeah, I do. I have a, is it in my bag? No, no. But I do, I have a sketchbook and I, um, sometimes I sketch from, you know, things that I see, and that's really just more for observation. You know, I love how sort of futile <laughs> the practice of drawing from observation is, but it's all about the process, you know. Like, I just I love how everything's constantly changing, and you just can't get it all, and all you can do is try, and how amazing that is. Um, but I also get a lot of ideas when I'm driving. Um, and I drive yeah. a lot because I drive in between Hudson, New York, and um, Bushwick in Brooklyn right. at least once or twice a week. And and the car is such a great space when you're listening to music and, yeah. um, you know, and suddenly you get this amazing idea for something. And later, of course, it might turn out to not be such an amazing idea. But um, I like to be able to jot ideas down, visual ideas down. Um, and um, obviously, I have to pull over on the side of the road for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can't draw and drive. Fill <laughs> this whole interview with people's names. Now, I know. <laughs> I was reading. Um, I was reading, rereading a great interview that I'm sure you know that was published in the Brooklyn Rail in 2007. I came upon it a while back, and it it meant a lot to me when I read it. It's um, Chris Martin interviewing Bill Jensen, and Bill Jensen oh, yeah. the huge, like, hero to me, you know, um, when I was in graduate school. And um, and the interview is just, it's pretty phenomenal um, because, 
he's an abstract painter and he talks a lot about um he talks about where um where the sort of um painting impulse comes from and where um where this kind of consciousness of what you're doing comes from um and i I wrote down a quote because he was um he was talking about Brock, and I've been thinking about Brock again because I've been working on cardboard, and of course, oh, yeah. so did Brock. And so, um, this is this is a little bit of a um, paraphrase, but he he says there's an acknowledgement of a force that exists, an emotional force, a content that exists there. You know, Brock said something like, when painting. A hallucination might appear in the painting, and if I can paint in service to that hallucination, the painting will finish itself. And I wrote uh-huh. that down when I read the interview because I thought it was pretty amazing, this idea that 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 you have a moment where you can see something that doesn't exist yet in the painting, or maybe you can feel that it doesn't exist yet, and you start working towards that Um but it's not really it's not really something that you can impose at all. It's something that yeah. you're just there that's kind of operating through you. I mean, this is re- me really paraphrasing. Um, but I just I think that idea is is really beautiful, and I think that the paintings and the, that I like to look at and the painters who I've admired um, make that evident in their work. Um, you know, I don't, I don't usually have quotes in the studio. I just write these goofy things down that are sort of like, like notes to myself. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, a big one for me right now, which reminds me of something that I'm trying to do is, um, what if? Just the question, what if? Because right now, if I'm in the studio and I feel like I can answer the question, what if? Um, in the middle of a, of of a, I guess as the genesis as a starting point for making a work. If I can say, what if I did this? What if I did yeah. that? And I know that I'm not answering the same questions in the work. Um, and I know that when I start answering the same questions the same way, that's when the work is dead. Like that's when, that's when I'm I'm not having any fun in the studio and I'm just making the same thing over and over and over again. So. For me, I can really try to keep it as as real and be as present as possible if I'm saying, what if? Um, so in lieu of a good quote, I, I leave you with a really good one. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I really, really like these interviews. They mean a lot to me to be able to hear them. Um, you know, I really feel like this is this is my community of people, so I... I yeah, I, the fact that you're doing it. Oh, well, thank you. I can't thank you enough. I know I fumbled a little bit with trying to, you know, because oh, a lot of it's gone on me. You're totally oh, professional. Thanks. You sound like you know what you're doing. I feel like a total dork. No, no, no. No, but I, I, I just, you know, I feel like I forget all uh, certain certain words or you know descriptive words or what have you that I, you know, for my reaction to people's work, and so I make a, you know, I try to write them down and. There was something happening for me, like, 
with the collection of those words that I couldn't really sum up, you know, and it took me a while to say anything that made any sense, I felt. But, uh, you know, I, 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 um, uh, thanks for, thanks for sitting tight while I did that. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. I really appreciate it. And I, I, I hope that we get to see each other again soon. Yeah, it'd be cool. Okay. I'm going to go get something to eat. Okay, great. Okay. Take care, Phil. Thank you. You too. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. Bye, Meg. This has been Oddcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Thanks for listening, and keep the dialogue going. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Define abstract art. Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? I'm getting nowhere with this, forget it. Hotcast Home is A-H-T-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks again.